You've reached Deacon Don Evans, Power Station 770 KAAM. I ask you, friend, have you had your breakfast this morning? I'm starting off with a hot cup of coffee found in John 12:36. After that, I'm going to enjoy some good hot biscuits and gravy. Romans 7:13 and 1 Corinthians 10:12. I do that in honor of the famous Deacon Don Evans, who ushered in early contemporary Christian music to the Dallas-Fort Worth market. I have fond memories of listening to him on the radio dial. This is Kenny Price with Guadot Rock Season 9, Episode 197. Title, Get On With It. Subtitle, Shake Off Your Fleshly Laziness. On this first Monday after Easter weekend 2022, the overarching theme for me after celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead 2,000 years ago is this. Get on with it. Jesus took care of the eternal damage and defeat of our messed up lives to say, There, I have made all things new. Go and sin no more. His intention is for you to get on with it. Get on with life. The eternal win won for you by the action of Jesus is to spur you on to action for him now. The April 16th devotion from My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers notes that Jesus warns his disciples in John 12, 36, while you have the light, believe in the light. Now is the time to lay aside the fleshly laziness that results from a lack of immediate action in response to the mountaintop experience. Chambers admonishes never allow a feeling that was awakened in us on the mountaintop to evaporate. Act immediately. Do something even if your only reason to act is that you would rather not. He gives the remedy of laziness in the midst of a God-revealed insight. Don't say, I'll do it, just do it. Our inaction in the face of beautiful victory in Jesus can result in a complacency towards sin that results in increasing unnoticed decay, ineffectiveness, and spiritual irrelevancy. As I watched some of the Coachella Music Festival this past weekend, I looked for meaningful music, but only found the final resting place of the Ringling Brothers Clowns. What started as a music revolt against the status quo in the 60s and the glaring deficiencies of a hypocritical world of empty godless affluency in post-World War II America has degraded into a meaningless mess of narcissists who have nothing to say but hope for their moment in the limelight, to buy enough dope and debauchery to destroy an already meaningless life. When you look at the massive crowd of young people attending the concerts, you can't help but ask, what does the future of America look like? Against this barren landscape filled with children who are growing up with empty pockets and nothing to give to the future, without a spiritual revolution founded in Jesus Christ, they are destined for control and abuse assigned to meaningless, insignificant tasks. And I ask, where is the church of Jesus Christ in all this? Jesus loves the little children. But do we? In Romans 7.13, the Apostle Paul warns us that sin, in order to be recognized as sin, was producing death in me through what is good. He's speaking of the law of God. So that through the commandment, sin might become sinful beyond measure. BibleReference.com gives great insight into the meaning of this verse. Our sinfulness is what causes our spiritual death and separation from God, not God's law. Sin only takes advantage of the law. God's revealed standard of right and wrong to demonstrate clearly that we are sinners and it, get this, it leverages our rebellious nature to use our knowledge of the law as an inspiration for more sin. 
Friend, this is a description of where the Church of Jesus Christ is at this moment in history. God's commands shine a spotlight on just how sinful we humans really are, continuing to disobey God even after we hear His law. In fact, we find ourselves sinning all the more. In other words, we are why God's good and beautiful law cannot save us. We cannot keep it. We need to be saved in some other way. And of course, that way, the Bible reveals, is through Jesus Christ. That's why we celebrate Easter. The absence of the church in a Coachella universe is due to the light thoughts of sin that have overwhelmed the church and that have collapsed the culture. At the time of conversion, when a person turns to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sin and his salvation, the conscience is so tender that we are afraid of the slightest sin. Young converts have a holy timidity, a godly fear against offending God. But how tragic that very soon the fine bloom upon these ripe fruits is removed by the rough handling of the surrounding world. The sensitive plant of young devoutness turns into a willow in afterlife, too pliant, too easily yielding. It is sadly true that even a Christian may grow by degrees so callous that the sin which once startled us does not alarm us in the least. By degrees we get familiar with sin. The ear in which the cannon has been booming will not notice slight sounds. At first, a little sin startles us, but soon we say, is it not a little one? Then there comes another, larger, and then another, until by degrees we begin to regard sin as but a little ill, and then follows an unholy presumption. We have not fallen into open sin. True, we tripped a little, but we have regained our composure. We may have uttered one unholy word, but as for the most of our conversation, it has been consistent. So we have disguised sin. The professing Christians of America and the world have thrown a blanket over sin. We call it by petty names. Classic rock musician Mark Farner, the lead singer, songwriter, and lead guitar player for the famous rock group Grand Funk Railroad, is now a self-confessing Christian. He calls himself the cussing Christian. He admits he has a language problem. To call it profanity is to highlight its really offensive and filthy language spoken before our holy and righteous God. Christians, we need to beware how we think lightly of sin. As the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10:12, we must take heed lest we fall by little and little. Sin, a little thing? Is it not poison? Who knows its deadliness? Sin, a little thing? Do not the tiniest weevils spoil the baking flour? Doesn't the tiny coral insect build a rock which wrecks a navy? Doesn't little strokes of an axe fell the largest oaks? Will not continual droppings of water wear away the stones? Sin, a little thing? It encircled the Redeemer's head with thorns and pierced his heart. It made him suffer anguish, bitterness, and misery. If it were possible to weigh the least sin in the scales of eternity, you would flee from it as from a deadly coiled viper and abhor the slightest appearance of evil. Let me repeat that statement again. This is powerful. If it were possible to weigh the least sin in the scales of eternity, you would flee from it as from a deadly coiled viper and abhor the slightest appearance of evil. Friend, we must come to our senses at once and look upon all sin as that which crucified the Savior and we will see it to be what it is, exceedingly sinful. I love the children of this world, and I love every subset of humanity that exists on the planet. 
The unhinged society has become the living embodiment of the dystopic novel 1984. Christians, we above all people should be leading the way out of this death and meaninglessness. The online article in NME titled Arcade Fire Stop Emotional Coachella 2022 Surprise Set to Call for Medics. The first time was less than a minute into the set when Wynn Butler, the lead singer, stopped their new track, The Lightning Eye, after seeing a fan in the front of the pit who needed help. Later in the set, he acknowledged the moment in festival safety, telling the packed tent, if you see someone out of their mind on drugs, find a doctor. How many Christians went to Coachella to be salt and light to the six-day run that is sold out with an attendance of 750,000 people expected overall? The church is so overtaken in gross sin that it has overtaken it little by little that it itself is on life support and rendered missing in action. In the military, such negligence to the basic command to report for duty would be met with imprisonment and possible court-martial. What will our Commander-in-Chief do to those of us who are AWOL? Some who appear on the brink of desertion altogether. Older friend, on this day after Easter Sunday, let us take a serious spiritual inventory of ourselves. Have we opened ourselves to what we posted once as little sins to find ourselves overtaken in a fault that leaves us ineffective to care for those in our midst who are overdosing on the intoxicants of this excessively collapsed society? Jesus is the cure for all that ails us. He can cleanse the vilest sinner. He died and rose again for the vilest sinner. Are you and I prepared to get on with it? Take immediate action in the face of the ultimate mountaintop experience of Jesus' resurrection from the dead and lay aside everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us? The real world needs us now. I pray that God breaks through in your life today so you can manifest Jesus to the real world around you. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.